Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, You Will Reign in Life. That's right. And this would be part number nine in that series and going strong. On today's broadcast, we're going to talk about the nowness of grace and also see a picture of grace. And it's important for us to learn what grace is and how it looks so that we can reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So stick around. I know that you're going to be marvelously blessed. We had a powerful time today, and I believe that you're going to be richly blessed. And don't forget to check us out on the web 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can like us on Facebook and so much more. Check us out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, You Will Reign in Life, part number nine, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, y'all ready to pray with me today? All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much today for your rich blessings and and your word that you're giving us today. We ask by the power of your spirit that you to speak to us today, communicate the gospel in such a way that all who hear will understand from the oldest to the youngest. And Lord, we just ask that we would have an experience experience with you today that is unparalleled and that this message will go forth into the world and bless your people. We thank you, Father, for it all. And we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started uh, today. And uh, we're going to go back to the book of anybody know? Does anybody know what the first book we're going to go into today? That's right. I'm so thankful that you did know that. The book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Anybody know what chapter? That is correct. Isaiah, the 60th chapter. And we're going to read verses number one and two. Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2, as we continue to reign in life. This would be part number 9 in the series, and going strong. All right, let's read. Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2 says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Amen. All right, let's go now to the book of Romans. Romans, does anybody know what what, um, chapter in Romans we're going to be turning to? All right, Romans 5 is correct. Some of you get a high five award today. Romans 5, we can go back to Romans 5. Uh, Romans 5, and we're going to look at one verse here today. And then we'll go further. Romans 5, and we're going to begin at verse number 17. These are our uh, anchor, our anchor scriptures uh, for the series, Isaiah 60, and also Romans, uh, Romans 5, our anchor scriptures for the series. Romans 5, one verse today, then we're going to go back and uh, just go further. We've got a lot to do today. Romans 5, verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense... Death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of 
righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. They which receive an abundance of grace, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. This is a promise uh, that is found here in the word of God in Romans 5 verse 17 and it rings out throughout the entire Old and New Testament. We're going to reign in right in life. We're going to rule. We're going to have dominion and authority in this life. We're going to be above the circumstance and never beneath the circumstance. Praise the Lord. We're going to be the head and not the tail. We're going to be the first and not the last as we learn to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go on a little bit further today. Now, you should have in your in your outlines today. We put these together for you during this, at least during this season. uh, All of you should have these papers that say reign in life part nine. If you don't have one, just raise your hand and maybe we can uh, provide you with one if more copies are available. Now, as we said, let me, I'm going to rehearse some things uh, for you, and uh, then we'll go a little bit further today. Remember, we're going to get good coverage, good coverage uh, um, as the series goes on. Some things I want to rehearse in your hearing again and again and again and again until it really begins to really sink down deep on the inside of us. Now, let me remind you once again to avail yourselves to the CDs and DVDs of the messages. Uh, last week's message is available for you, and the week before and the weeks prior are also available. You just have to ask, or if they're available on the table, just pick up your copy. It's free of charge. All right, let me rehearse some things again. What is grace? And we know that grace is not fair, uh, especially to the recipient or to those that stand back and watch, as you heard on the video just a moment ago. It's not fair. We receive something that is of great price, something that is of great value uh, for nothing. We didn't earn it and we don't deserve it, but it is freely given to us by our father who loves us very much. And now we know that that is important for us to know because when the enemy comes in and he tries to compel you or tries to tell you that you're not worthy um, and that God won't hear your prayers, he won't move on your behalf because of the things that you have done. You haven't earned this blessing. You haven't been to church enough. You haven't given it, given enough. You haven't given your time. You haven't given your offering. You've not read your Bible. You've not prayed in a, in a while. All those things are good. We need to do those things. We need to go to church. We need to study. We need to be in tune with the Father. But our reasoning for doing these things are different. We're not doing these things in order to get the favor of God because we have the favor of God through his grace. Amen. But here comes the enemy trying to point you back to your works. And if you haven't done the appropriate works, he'll tell you, the enemy will tell you, the devil, that Lucifer, those fallen angels, those demons will tell you that you're not good enough and God's not going to heal your body. He's not going to answer your prayers. He's not going to do anything for you because you haven't done this. Remember, the law says you have to do, do, do. But grace says done, done, done. Are you hearing? So what the enemy will try to do, he will try his best to get you to fall from grace. And if you fall from grace back into law, oh, you're done. Your goose is cooked. 
until you come out of the law and back into the finished works of Jesus Christ. If you are successfully pulled over into the into works of law, you'll find yourself often depressed, feeling condemned, feeling shame, feeling guilty, uh, feeling as though you can never do enough, feeling as though you can never do anything right. You find all those negative emotions that, oh, I just can't get it together. Oh, I'm just so stupid. I can't do this and I can't do that right. All that tells me you're under law. That is the confession of someone that is under law, that is trying to make their own way. But Jesus said, I've already done the work. And now we enter into his finished work. Are you hearing me? And the confession of those that are under grace, they say, even as Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. You understand? So there's a difference between law and grace. And we're going to see today, we're going to talk a little bit more about grace and just a little bit about the nowness of grace. And then I want to show you some pictures of grace, the picture of grace, because it's important for you to see something. You remember, we won't be able to receive something that we don't understand. So this is why we're in these series of messages uh, so that you can understand what grace is and how to appropriate it for your own lives. Amen. I want you to get the, a good grasp of grace. And we're going to talk about what it is not. I pray we get to today what grace is not. Uh, one thing what one thing that grace is not grace is not. They say grace is a license to sin. Has nothing to do with it. It really has nothing to do with it. And we're going to talk about that. Um, and, oh, we'll see it as we go on. Praise the Lord. All right, here again, grace is not fair. It is given to those who, who don't deserve it nor earn it. It is an act of compassion rendered by a loving God, our Father. Grace is the unmerited or deserved favor of God. Uh, his goodwill, his loving kindness, his favor toward us. Grace is the ability, is the power or ability of God that is freely given without merit uh, for us to be and to do. When you think about grace, I want you to think about this, that grace gives you the ability or the power to be or to do. All right? To be or to do. Grace is the power of what? Now, not then. Okay? Of course, grace will bless you in the then, but we're not then, we're now. Remember, you always live in the now. We don't live in the past, it's gone. You're not living in the future. It hasn't happened yet. The only thing, the only thing that we really have is what? Right? Yeah. Right now. Right now. And as we live in the now, you will find tremendous victory as you live in now. As a matter of fact, if you want to talk about it, really, uh, one tactic of the enemy is to try to pull you either in the past where you made the mistakes or he'll try to pull you in the future and say you won't have enough money. Or try to show you something that hasn't happened yet. And then you start to worry about it. One of his greatest tactics is to pull you out of the now. Show you the mess of the past. 
your mistakes, your errors, your errors, your faults from the past, past mistakes to try to bring you back and try to get you to relive what happened back then. Oh, he's got you over there or try to show you something that hasn't happened. Oh, this is going to happen to you. Oh, that's going to happen. They're not going to receive you. When you go there, this is not going to happen. Stuff that has not even happened, but tries to pull you either forward or pull you back. Stay in the now. Turn your neighbor and tell him, stay in the now. Are you hearing? They didn't hear you. Tell them again. Stay in the now. Hallelujah. Your past is redeemed. Hallelujah. Your future is ahead of us, and it makes sense because it's covered all by the blood of Jesus. Your past, present, and your future. Amen. Amen. All right. Now we're talking about really the nowness of grace, and I'm I'm providing some things for you today uh, in your outlines that will help you uh, throughout the week. So I encourage you to revisit these outlines throughout the week and just go through these scriptures and and confess them over your own lives. Okay. Let's look at a few of these. The first one is. Uh, now I am seated in Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. You've got the verses there, those verses, Ephesians, the second chapter, verses four through six and Ephesians uh, chapter one, verses 20 through 23. So we can confess that now say with me now I am seated in Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. That's not future. That's now. Let's look at the second now moment. Uh, let's read it together. Ready? Let's read. Now I am the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says now we are the body of Christ right this very moment. We are the fullness of him. We are his expression in the earth. Not only are we called to be like him, but if you receive this, we're also called to serve as him in the earth. Are you hearing to serve as him. I didn't say I was Christ, but Christ can serve through me. And when people need to feel his love and compassion, I'll serve as him because my arm becomes his arms. My mouth, my voice becomes his voice. I will love them. I will give to them as Christ's representative in the earth. Does that make sense to you? Not only like Christ, but as Christ Jesus is living on the inside of me, I will serve as Christ. Are you hearing? Now, here again, I did not say that you were God. Please, please don't think that I'm saying that you are Jesus. But I am saying that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you and that he, that he should have his expression flowing through you. So that when people see you, they should not only see you, but they should see Christ through you. When you speak, they should not only be hearing your voice, but they should be hearing the voice of Christ through you. When they touch you, they should not only be feeling you, but they should be feeling the presence of God, feeling Christ through you. Are you understanding? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The, f the fourth thing is, rather, the third thing, it says, uh, now I am made the righteousness, rather, now I am made righteous without requirements of law. Now I'm made righteous without the, without the requirements of law. In other words, it doesn't depend on me. I'm not saved by my works. I'm saved by grace. And you've got the scriptures there. Let's move on. Number four says, now I, now I am justified by the blood of Jesus, and I am saved from the wrath of God right this present moment. 
Remember, grace is not given for a life well lived. It is given to us right here and right now. Grace is not payment because you've done something so well and now God is going to bless you because you've done this so well. Oh, heaven is clapping because you did it so well and now God's going to bless you. No, that's actually a statement of law. You have performed and now you expect God to pay you. You have once again fallen from grace. Remember, you didn't discern it, deserve it, and you don't earn it. You didn't earn it. This is a free gift that God gives to you apart from your labor. Are you hearing? Oh, the more you hear it, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. Number five says, now I am free from sin. Now, here's one thing that we say, oh, I don't know about that. Yes, you have to believe it and you have to receive it and you begin to walk in it. Now I'm free from sin. Let me give you that, that scripture. Uh, Romans um, 6 verses 22 through uh, 23. You have all these down in your notes. Now that is a present reality. You have to say amen to these. This is my present reality. Now I am made free from sin. Amen. Now I am free from sin. Well, pastor, what about last night? What about last week? What about, what about, what, what about I, I still have these bad thoughts that are occurring in me? One, here again, make sure that you are indeed born again, that you're born again believer. Two, if we have reoccurring sins or tough stains that you can't shout out, Amen. reoccurring tough stains may require uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life over time to work those things out of you. Are you hearing? Don't judge by the moment. The Lord works with us over a lifetime. He's working that out of you. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. He's working these tough stains out of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we can declare victory right now over that sin, over that stain, because of what the word of God says. The word of God says, now I'm made free from sin. Hallelujah. Now that stain is lifting off of me. Praise God Almighty. I may still smell it. Mm, oh, I still smell it. I still smell it. But what's happening? God is still lifting. He's still lifting, lifting that tough stain, lifting that tough stain. He may use some agitation in the wash, uh, allow you to go through some agitation to get it off of you. But it's lifting. Amen. Amen. Somebody's hearing that. Amen. Number six. Now I cannot be condemned because I am in Christ Jesus. Roman eight one. Romans 8, 1, I cannot be condemned. You cannot be condemned if you are, in fact, in Christ. Why? Because Christ has paid the punishment. Rather, he has paid the price. Your punishment was upon him. He became sin for you so that you might be the righteousness of God through him. So you can say with boldness, I cannot be condemned if you are in fact in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing? But what we have today, and we've talked about this before in past series, we have what's called Christian butts. Christian butts. You heard about them. They gave their testimony. I'm a Christian too, but I still do this. I still do that. I'm a Christian too, but... Just like the goats that go around all button all the time. No, we're not goats. We're called to be sheep. Amen. 
We don't go through life budding. We say yes to the Lord. So if you have a lot of buts, then we need to ask God for his new nature and be redeemed by Christ. Amen. And we'll talk more about that some other time. So number six was again, uh, now I cannot be condemned because I'm in Christ Jesus. Seven, now I am a son of God or a child of God. Now at this very moment, I'm not waiting to get to heaven to be made a son. I'm a son right now. I'm not waiting to get to heaven to be a child of God. I am a child of God right this very moment. Amen. Now let's go in our Bibles to First uh, John 4. First John 4. And I'm going to just read uh, one verse. You can read the entire, uh, the entire chapter when you get home or the entire book when you get home, uh, if you would like. But I'm just going to one verse for the sake of time today. This is your next now moment. We discussed a little bit about this on Wednesday night. Now I want to just bring a little bit to you before, uh, a little bit before you right here. It says first John four, verse number, uh, first John four, verse 17 says herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness when in the day of judgment, in the day of judgment. Okay. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And then it goes on to say what? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, it talks about judgment. It talks about uh, God's unfailing love and remaining uh, in his presence. What does that mean? As he is, well, how is Christ right now? We know that he is fully acceptable in the presence of God the Father. We know that there is no flaw in him whatsoever. Not even the most micro, smallest particle. There is absolutely no flaw in him whatsoever. As he is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. Now the Bible says, as he is without sin, without flaw, in a glorified state, so are we in this world. Notice it does not say, so will we be when we get to heaven. It says, so are we in this world right? What? Right now. Now, here again, the world does not need you to look like Christ when you get to heaven. The world needs you to be like Christ right now. Suicide rate is is off the chart. There are so many people that need Jesus Christ right now. They've heard about Jesus. People make jokes about Jesus. The, the, the Lord has become the butt of many jokes. They use his name in curse words. They don't know the true Christ. And they're waiting. The whole creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. They need to see Jesus. They don't need to see this phony baloney, this, this phony baloney stuff that's going on now in some of these churches or among some of the people that say that they are Christians. They need to see the reality of Christ at this moment. So the Bible says, as he is, so are we now in this world. They need to see Christ. They desperately need to see Jesus working out and working through you. So this is another promise of the nowness of grace. 
You say, well, I, but look, look at the way I'm living. Look, look at this and that and the other. As you continue to confess this word over your life, believe it and receive it and take that word in, you begin to walk in it. Now, some say, well, I don't know. I still don't know. Well, how were you saved? How were you saved? You were saved because you heard the word. You believe that word. You confess that word. And then you begin to walk in that word. The words of salvation were written in the Bible while you were still out doing what you were doing. It didn't take root in you until you heard it, believed it, confessed it, and then began to walk in it. The same process is true for all the scriptures that all the scriptures that we've just mentioned here. You're going to have to hear them. And the Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're going to have to continue to hear his word and believe his word and just drink that word into us. And then we'll eventually become the manifestation of what that word has been saying. You begin to see it manifest through your life. Just like you saw salvation manifest through your life. Your life has changed since you came into relationship with Jesus Christ. For many of you, it's a complete turnaround. Things that you used to do, you don't do anymore because he, in fact, has come into your life and he has made a change. And you received that word of salvation. Now receive this word of grace. And as the word of salvation changed you, the word of grace will also change you. Amen. So look not at your present condition, at the sin or at the defeats and uh, the different things that are going on. But look to what the Lord has been saying about you and say, amen, Lord, this is so I receive it right now. Because understand the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He is a perfect gentleman. He won't bring things into your life unless you ask him. Are you hearing? He won't continue. To, he won't override your will. You have to give your will to him. Amen. All right. Now, now let's go into the next very part of this next part. Now, this is not written in your notes, but go with me to um, Matthew 11. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Matthew, the 11th chapter. We're going to do just a little bit of reading here, and then we'll go into... Uh, three other uh, pictures of grace that I want to show you today, how it looks in a life and how we should respond to God's grace. Are you still with me today? How we should respond to God's grace. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew 11, and I'll just read verses 25 through 30, and it reads like this. He said, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Verse 27, all things are delivered unto me of my father, and no man knoweth the father but the son Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Verse 28, very familiar. It says this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you what? 
I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find what? Rest, rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. light. One, thing that, one thing that grace gives you, grace gives you, grace gives you rest. Grace gives you rest. You'll find the law, the law gives you work or labor. Okay, you'll find works under the law, but grace gives you rest. Grace gives you the ability to rest. We're resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying. I didn't come to church to be made right with God today. I came to church today because I am right with God today. I'm not, I don't pray to be made right with God. I pray because I am right with God. And there is a desire in me to connect with him. So I can rest in grace. The Lord said, come to me, all you, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, they are laboring. There are people that are laboring right now in many churches that say they know the Lord, and some really do, but they are laboring in law. There are people that are feeling condemned and, and worried, and they're concerned about their salvation. And the million-dollar question is this. If I were to ask many in the halls of the church, if I, if I were to ask them, uh, if Jesus were to return right at this very moment, would you be going with him? You know what many would say? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. What is that? That's a statement of what? Is that a statement of law or grace? That's a statement of law. They're saying I hope so because they look back not at Jesus but at their own work and they're evaluating have I done enough? I made some mistakes. Have I done enough to cover that? Have I done enough to be pleasing in God's sight? So they say, I hope so. Are you going to heaven? Do you know whether you're going to heaven? Uh, if, you, if you were to die at this very moment, would you spend eternity with Jesus or would you spend eternity in the burning pits of hell? I hope so. Hope I'd be going with Jesus. Why? Because they're not examining Christ. They're examining their own works. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden. What's weighing them down? Their own sins, their own, they're feeling, con they're feeling condemned and, and worried. Am I good enough for God? Am I pleasing to God? I didn't pray last night. I forgot to go to church. Oh, I don't have enough money. How can I give? Oh, Lord, I don't know if you really want me or not. Are you going to answer my prayers, Jesus? Oh, I did that last night. Oh, I don't know. 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 God doesn't seem like he wants me anymore. I don't know. He's, he must be mad at me oh they're worried they're worried they're heavy laden with guilt and and shame and guess what if you're laboring on the law you're going to find it very hard not only pray for yourself but to pray for somebody else too you're going to find it very difficult to pray for someone else deliverance and healing you're going to find it very difficult if you're laboring under the law remember law says do 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 but grace says, done, done, done. Are you hearing? 
You're going to find it very hard to receive healing, to receive anything that God has to offer for you if you are law conscious. Are you hearing? Now, there's nothing wrong here again with coming to church. Nothing wrong with studying our Bibles. Nothing wrong with giving in a tithe and an offering. There's nothing wrong with praying for other people. There's nothing wrong with all these wonderful works, all these wonderful things. But your motive has to change. Are you hearing? You can come down to the altar for healing or for deliverance or for prayer. And if your focus is on what you have done or the bad things you've committed, you won't feel worthy enough to receive the prayer. You'll feel so unworthy and so condemned. Now, if you're feeling worthy and, and, uh, and condemned, your hands won't be out. You, you'll find it difficult to receive. But if you're standing in the finished work of Jesus Christ, declaring as he is, so am I in this world, declaring I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, declaring that he has put my sins away as far as the east is from the west, declaring that his blood has washed me and I am righteous in his sight, well, then we can go before the Lord's presence boldly then and receive from the Lord. Because I'm not standing in what I've done. I'm standing in what he did. Does that make sense to you? So the Lord said, come unto me. And I wonder who he talking to. He's talking to his own people first and foremost. He talking to, he's speaking to Israel then. He's talking to the church now. Come unto me. Come away from the law. Come away from the works. Remember, the purpose of the law was to show up the sin, to show up your unrighteousness, letting you know and making you to know that you needed a Savior, that you needed the Messiah. Once you looked in the mirror and saw your faults and flaws, it was to give you that revelation and then compel you to cry out to God for the Savior to come and save you from what you had been seeing. The law in itself does not have the power to make you holy. It only has the power to show you your faults. That's all. It's to show your fault. The mirror does not have the power to change you. The mirror just shows up, just shows you what's in front of it. That's all. It does not have arms. If you ever feel some arms poking out the mirror, run. Something is really wrong. Rebuke it, bleed the blood, and get out of there. The mirror, the mirror does not have arms to come out and fix your hair for you. The mirror just shows you what's in front of it. That's the law. The law was given to show you your own imperfections. And then when you see it, then you step back and say, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. Send the Savior, send the Savior, send the Messiah. And so the Messiah has come. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's come down to straighten you out and to get you together. Hallelujah. But he's doing that not by working on you. He came down and he did the work for you. And now we enter into what he has already done. And now the true picture is when you look in the mirror, you don't see your works, but you see the finished work of Jesus. I look in the mirror and I see Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You should see someone that is standing in the grace of God in the righteousness of Christ. Amen. So the Lord says here again, here's our picture of grace. Picture number one, snapshot one. The Lord says, come unto me, all you who are laboring and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Let's see our next picture. Let's go to Luke. Luke, the 10th chapter. Are you getting anything out of this? Luke 10. Let me show you another picture of law versus grace once again. Remember, law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by the one Jesus Christ. Here again, there are so many people that are depressed, that are angry, that are upset with themselves because they say, I'm just not good enough. I don't look good enough. I don't talk well enough. I'm not tall enough. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. There are all these enoughs, all these enoughs, and you can really go crazy looking at all of your flaws. Some of us go more crazy than others. Praise Jesus. But anyway, we can go crazy thinking about all of our flaws, thinking about how much we haven't done. We could really just go, and how productive are we going to be? If you're always worrying about what you haven't done, how you're not good enough, how you didn't do well enough, and so forth and so on. Remember, remember that's the tactic of the enemy. He wants to show you the mirror, the law. He wants to show you the mirror. That's the mirror there. He wants to show you that mirror. There's a frame around your mirror there. He wants to show you the mirror. Look, look, look at what you did. Look, look, look what happened. Look, look, look. You're not saved. You still cuss. Look, 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 look. But we're looking in the wrong direction. Look, look, look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Look to see what he has already done for you. Amen. There was a man that, as a man that once said uh, he was uh, in traffic and, you know, they were driving down the road there and, and uh, the man behind him was blowing his horn. Obviously, the, the driver wasn't going fast enough, so he was blowing his horn. Uh, 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 get out of the way. Uh, 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 get out of the way. And so that gentleman finally passed him and he um, put one of his fingers up and the gentleman, you know, at him. And the gentleman said then said, thank you. Thank you. He's pointing to Jesus for me. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I receive that. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yes, I'm looking up too. bless the Lord. How are you seeing that same picture? Are you hearing me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. He's showing me Jesus. Let's see another picture here as we begin to close out here for today. Uh, Luke 10, and we'll just go straight to the skinny. This verse 38 says, now it came to pass as they went uh, that, he dip, that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called who? Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said Lord doest thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone bid her therefore that she help me 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful or concerned or worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary have chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I want you to notice here, one of these two ladies, Mary and Martha, which name can I put under grace here? That is correct. You can put Mary under grace. And whose name? That's right. We can put Martha under law. Right? They're both there at the same banquet or the same party. Jesus is the main gift. Rather, the main gift, yes, and the main guest of honor here. Martha, now there is work to be done. Sure there is. But Jesus said, Martha, you're doing too much. You're doing beyond what has been required. You're really busy. Now, as she is busy, busy doing things, where is Jesus? Jesus is in the house giving his word. His life is, life is pouring out. Life is pouring out at that very moment. Every word is, is liquid life. Audio life is pouring out of him. So much life is pouring out of him. And Mary has come away from work. Obviously, in the custom, she was able to do some things with her sister. But she went past, Martha went past that and began to do other things, probably to try to win the favor of Jesus. I'm going to make him a best dinner. I'm going to make him some, some cornbread. I'm going to make him some grits and, you know, whatever, if you go with that. <clears throat> Martha did her best, probably trying to earn the favor of Christ. I'm going to make him big things. I'm going to make him really happy. I'm going to go all out for him. Going past what was necessary. But Mary was found sitting at his feet, hearing his words. One was heavy laden and one was at, one was at rest. Are you hearing? This is a picture of grace where we can rest at the feet of Jesus away from works. Now, there's some work, of course, that needs to be done, but it's for a different reason. And our work under grace does not take us from Jesus. It takes us to him. Are you hearing? Let's look at another picture here in the same book of Luke, Luke 17. Let's go a little bit further in scripture as we begin to close today. Are you all getting this? Luke 17. We won't take the time to read it all here, but you'll see the entire case. But Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. Well, let's go ahead and read it. It said, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village Rather, yeah, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men uh, that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, would mercy, asking God for mercy, would that be a question of law or grace? Think about it. If you're asking God for mercy, 
that would be a question of law, right? Because somewhere, if you're asking for mercy, you have to be looking at yourself. I haven't done something. I did something. I don't deserve what you're about to give me. So give me mercy. You in the courtroom, judge sitting there, you know you, you knew, rather you know that you did the crime. You know you committed the felony. You know you're facing prison time or what have you, heavy fines. So you ask for mercy. You look at what you have done and you ask for mercy. The person that is asking for mercy has always... They always have to be a picture of themselves and what they have done or else you would not be asking for mercy. If you knew you were in the right, you wouldn't be asking for mercy. You'd be asking for justice. You'd be pushing your rights. If you know that so-and-so, you know you're driving down the road and they hit you. You don't cry in the courtroom, mercy, judge, mercy. You know, you say justice. They hit me and I want my money now. Are you understanding? No, so one that cries out for mercy has to be looking at themselves. Are you hearing? And what they have done. There, there has to be a question of worthiness here. I'm feeling unworthy, so therefore I'm asking for mercy. There has to be a feeling of unworthiness to ask for mercy. Does that make sense? And so they cry out, have mercy on us. And when he uh, rather and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his feet. Rather found fell down on his face at his feet, giving uh, him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Notice, notice how these two, now let's guess we can read a little bit further on. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleanse, but where are the nine? Verse 18, uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. Now. The Lord extended grace to them. They all asked for mercy. They all were saying in their confession, we are not worthy of this. We have not done everything we're supposed to do. They're confessing that with that word mercy. Have mercy on me. I have not lived a perfect life. Have mercy on me. And the Lord does not extend judgment. He extends what? Grace. Grace has been extended because this is something that none of them earned, neither did they deserve. But he extends grace to them out of his love. He extends grace and one out of ten, a tithe, returns to him. Somebody got that. I just got that. The tenth is returned to him. Ooh, Jesus, look at that. The tenth returned to him and gave him glory. Did you understand then? How should we how should we react after we have been given grace? All right, here are two things. Here's the, the wrong way and the right way. Obviously, the Lord said, were there not ten? 
So he was saying that they reacted, the nine reacted to his grace in the wrong manner. The nine just went about their way. Thank you. I got it. Woo. Now I'm going about my own business. I've got what I want from you, Lord. I'm cleansed. I'm whole. I see it right now. I'll go and show myself to the priests. I'll do that because that is a part of the law because the priest would tell me whether I'm clean and ready to go back into society. So I'll go back to my own business, doing my own thing. Thank you, Lord. I've received your grace, but I have not inquired of a relationship with you. Are you hearing? So they have been cleansed, but they have not come to know the Savior. One man was cleansed, he was healed, and then he came into relationship with Jesus. He was, even as Mary was, found at Jesus' feet. Our response to grace should be going closer, growing closer to the Savior. That's the proper response of grace. But if we can receive the grace of God, receive the mercy and forgiveness of God, and then go about our own way, that's an improper picture. Are you hearing me? They received grace, but then they went back to the law because the priests were under the law. Understand something. Grace came by Jesus Christ. And understand, understand something. Jesus is our high priest. He told them, go show yourselves to the priest. S. Jesus is also a priest. And this Samaritan was the only one that saw Jesus as a priest. And he also fulfilled the Lord's requirement. He showed himself to the priest. He presented himself to the giver of grace. And grace affirmed him and established him and declared him whole. The others went back to agents of the law. Are you hearing? Grace will affirm you. Grace will tell you and declare it decree unto you that you are made whole as you come to the feet of Jesus so grace does not call us calls us to sin the proper use of grace if we receive it drives us to the feet of Jesus we have to go back to him because we're so thankful for what he did but I have a problem with those who said I've received grace I've received the power and presence of God I've been cleansed now I can go and do my own thing that's an improper picture of grace. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.